0: Yeah, yeah, 360, yeah, I'm like, round and round, and round we go, and where we stop, I'm like, nobody knows, 360 degrees, 360 degrees, we give you what you want, we give you what you need, 360 degrees, 360 degrees, we tell the real truth, you know what I mean,
1: the urban breakdown this is jesse ray calling in from temp radio just to say thanks for the favorite so keep up the hard work
2: and uh welcome to another episode of 360 degrees with the urban breakdown got myself got uh miss odie uh Blue is still uh taking care of some personal business, and uh Mercedes should be on in a moment so uh Odie, go ahead and take it.
3: welcome, everyone. It's the first Saturday of August. I actually feel like this year is over. like is it too early to start saying happy New Year because no, damn. <laughs> like once we get through, once we get through August, September is here. That's basically the final quarter of the year. And it's like September, October, November, December. Yeah. I feel like the year is over. The,
2: the, the year is done because you figure, I mean, for me, I, I do my, my two month horror marathon, right? Starting from the first of September till October 31st. So this is the week where I went ahead to Netflix and got their DVD line, I started ordering my horror DVD, so September, you know, then you got Labor Day, and after Labor Day, you got uh, Halloween, and Thanksgiving, it's it just all going to go fast forward, so as far as I'm concerned, uh, we should, we'll should we be saying Happy New Year in about five days.
3: <laughs> Holla-giving Holla Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Basically that whole run there. Yeah. It, up, so. it, it, it's downhill from here. All right, so um, I want to start, I definitely want to talk about some great things that happened this week. Um, So LeBron James, Wonder Man, uh, arguably one of the better basketball players of the time. Um, (laughs) Like, I will say LeBron James opening the I Promise School is probably one of the least polarizing things he's ever done, you know the people are passionate about their their religion, their sports, and their politics right. and uh you know sometimes those things intersect and in lebron's case that's that's partly true, but um this guy in the midst of everything that was going on, he managed to open a school, and not only is it a like a regular schmeggler you know, public school, uh, but it's geared and targeted towards at-risk, quote-unquote, at-risk students. So these are kids that have, you know, I guess the cards stacked against them. Right. And he's identified them, just started with a couple of grades, and the, of course, intent is to expand over the next couple of years. But he's really taken this school thing and looked at it as, like, a big picture resolution. He hasn't just provided a safe space for these kids of school, but he's also providing job training for their parents. He's providing a pantry so the parents don't ever have to worry about groceries. Um, I think it's amazing because when you set people up for success, they're certainly going to be more willing to give it back, and so it's going to be that kind of effect where people just continue to give back to the school. Um, right. I think to look, and you'll be hard pressed to find a hater, but I'm sure they're out there because oh, that's oh, just they what
2: they do. They definitely are, and I'm not even talking about the Fox News crowd. I'm talking about other people who, who you know, who bring up like, well, Jordan gave charity too, but yeah, but you know what?
3: Yeah, he also built prisons, so of course some people would like him, but he's been known to to have a lot of money in privatized uh, prisons. So, you know, I'd much rather build bridges. And then uh, walls and schools over prisons. So um, LeBron, even though he's going to LA and people are upset about that, this dude is making sure that his legacy remains. Like this is way beyond basketball. This is going to be uh, looking back at his life. Like what did he do for his community? What did he do for his hometown? Right. And Ohio is with the shits as, as far as I'm concerned. As far as racism is concerned. As far as a lot of things are concerned They they on some bullshit The poverty levels are crazy there um, But this guy is like really Is really Standing and caping for his For his hometown And If it's not easy then you go open a school So Shout out to LeBron James I'm not like a huge fan but I can't be mad at this I just yeah. can't be I would have. This cop- is fan. Honestly,
1: this is yeah. fan. I, I, I would
2: have copped out, and and I, I would have said, I, and, and the reason why I say it like this is that it's a good thing, that, and, and it's not just that he opened the school, right? Because you see a lot of people who, and why I say I would have copped out is that I wouldn't have, if I was LeBron, right? I wouldn't have done it on my own, or even in conjunction with the with the state. I would have just given to a foundation that has already proven Mm. that they've done it because there have been so many NBA, NFL players, Major League Baseball players, oh, I don't know about them so much, that have tried to do foundations, start their own foundations, and then they fail. And they fail because, you know, they may let their friends run it. (laughs) Because running a foundation is hard. You know, it's not, oh, I'm going to start a foundation. Boom. Hey, yo, kids, everything you've ever dreamed of. No, running a foundation is hard. So I would have, when I say I would have copped out, it means that I would have just given to a, a foundation that I know has a proven track record of, getting the money where it's supposed to go. I would not have done it on my own. So he gets major props for that, for doing it, you know, on his own. No, on, 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 and here's the thing, that school is not a private school, it's a public school. It is know? a public school.
3: Again, um, these kids are going to go if they when they graduate, not even if, when they graduate, they get free tuition to University of Akron. Get the fuck out of here. So not only are you setting me up to succeed, but you're going to make sure I do it with as little debt as possible? Go so, ahead, LeBron. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I, I
2: absolutely. I mean, student debt, especially for millennials right now, because, you know, you have people like, oh, well, you know, baby boomers. They kind of pissed me off because they are like, "Oh, well, when I was in school, I was able to pay for school myself and not take out a loan." Yeah, that's because tuition was four hundred dollars, and that's not even me exaggerating. Okay, oh, you talk about you I, about school back in the the, the, the early seventies. You know, tuition is four hundred bucks for like community
1: college. So,
3: oh, yeah, I um looked up. You know how like if you've ever like looked at like newspapers or like magazines or whatever. And they tell you, like, how much a gallon of milk costs. Well, there was, like, a similar book at the Hallmark store that you can get depending on, like, whose birthday you're celebrating. You pick up the year that they were born. And last year I bought one for my mother and I bought one for myself. And I was perusing through just uh, the, the 1984 version, which is obviously the year I was born. Right. And I'm looking through and it said how much tuition at Harvard was. Not gonna lie, I forgot but I was just way off. Like it was I feel like it was like maybe twenty or thirty thousand a year for the year. And I was thinking it was like that semester. I was like, Oh, it's probably like twenty or thirty thousand a semester. But no, it was like twenty twenty or thirty thousand a year. And I was like, damn, like I could afford that now but back then, hell no, like so far. And I think they put the current price, or I looked up the current price, and it's definitely not twenty or thirty thousand anymore. But yeah, I remember looking at that, and that, that should just put it in perspective. And I'm like, it wasn't even that long ago.
2: I, I was watching uh, Robot Chicken, and then they had a thing about the uh, they were redoing the whole Weather Dominator thing from GI Joe, and they were talking about how you know it was going to raise gas prices, and you know they, they had this back in the '80s, and they were like could you imagine gas going over a dollar a gallon? <laughs> yes, we could. Have. And they did it to be ironic because of course, you know, back in the eighties, gas is like premium gas. was like a dollar 40 a gallon. Yeah. You know? So, and now gas is like three bucks a gallon. So it's the fact that these kids, and, and I'm pretty sure most of them will graduate. I'm pretty sure that,
3: well, you know, there's been a school in Chicago that's been graduating black men at 100 percent success rates. They yeah. didn't even admitted to colleges, you know, for like 100 percent success rates. So at this rate, it's not really impossible, and honestly, I think you know, because the parents know the magnitude, they know how big this is, the kids are up to see, you know, basically anything that they, that could be a blocker for them. Is taken care of. The school right. day is nine to five, so you ain't got to worry about childcare parents because right. you can go pick, drop your kids off. You can pick them up. It is what it is. Um, it's just setting them. Like I think everything they that they've heard, they they must whoever set this up did a really great job because they made sure. Okay, well, what the what's some of the reasons that these kids are failing is it because they're hungry. Okay, let's make sure they got they got food. Is it because their parents don't have a job and they're stressed out about financial situations at home? Okay, let's set up a career center for the parents. Right. Um, Is it because their kids are gifted and then bored and so they're failing out? Okay, let's bring in great teachers. Like they made sure that no stone was unturned, and I could really, I could really get behind something like this. Like you have to be a hater not to. It's in your core. Well,
2: of course Fox News are haters, and, they, and they, they made a little tiny segment about the school, and it went back to LeBron talking about uh, the president, how the president's trying to divide people through sports, which is absolutely true. I mean, you can't deny that. You know, and, and uh, who was it? Um, I, I keep forgetting her last name. Her last name is Ray give again her first name but she's like the the firebrand on uh CNN and you know she's the one who gets in these people's faces you know all the time and they were talking about uh you know they they always try to change the, the narrative and cuz I don't want to say Lisa Ray I think Lisa Ray's the uh, the actress right
3: Yeah Lisa is the actress that always wears white <laughs> Okay
2: but You know, they try to change the narrative. So in other words, LeBron did something awesome. So instead of just saying, Oh, LeBron did something awesome, they have to go back and change the narrative and then keep him keep people angry at him. You know? LeBron and here's the thing about LeBron. LeBron did this because when he was at that at risk time, there were people who believed in him. So now he's just paying that forward. And Uh, Francis Maxwell made a point The fact that LeBron Is scandal free After being in the public eye Literally since he was 13 Is an amazing accomplishment Because so many other people Self destruct Because they're in the public eye Constantly You know It's easy for me to say That wouldn't happen to me Because I'm not that person If I grew up Like LeBron grew up I might be a jackass (laughs) Because of being in the public eye all the time, but LeBron, yeah, he had some missteps like the uh, the decision. He's not getting away with that, no matter how much I like him. But
3: groupies um, yeah, and shit like that, like yeah, that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. He didn't, you ain't caught him making out with no no groupies and nothing crazy like that.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's married. He's got kids. You know, he's LeBron. He's the man. You know, and now he's doing something that's going to last for generations. Because this is going to change people's lives for generations. Yep.
3: It is, it is. At this rate, like, he's this on is track a to legacy. Be a legacy. At this, on this
0: track, without no, no, no bullshit in his past, with the school thing, with him just being like an upstanding kind of guy.
1: Mm-hmm. As
0: long as he got, you know, put a little bit more education behind himself, I could see him being president in fifteen, twenty years.
1: Yep. Uh, could, if, if Trump
0: became president? <laughs>
2: And I don't want to diminish that as If Trump could do it, anybody could do it But you figure With LeBron's legacy Of of philanthropy You know, and just knowing And then being somebody who came from the bottom And being able to connect With people like that Regardless of how many rings he wins uh, That is not far-fetched As a matter of fact,
3: like you said It's not far-fetched I just wouldn't want that for him I wouldn't want that for, him, I, it's not I, that for him. I feel it, but I think if, if we needed it,
2: like if we keep on electing Trumps, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Is, yeah. I'd be like, please, LeBron, one for president, please, please, God, please. <laughs> so, yeah, if he put the education in behind because Trump's problem is he doesn't know what he's doing.
3: Well, I also hear, doesn't
0: says, it, it doesn't, doesn't old, She doesn't want that for particular people, like you said, that for Oprah. But it's the, it's the, it, these are we need leaders, and it's just like in the '60s, in the '70s, we had strong black leaders. Yes. And yeah, you know the FBI, the CIA, other covert groups, awesome and everything. Malcolm, Martin, Blase Blase. Um, and now where we at? Can we? We're hard pressed to identify our black political. Our, our strong leaders that make us look up and say, "Oh, we aspire to be that, or we aspire to be like that, or we're going to rally behind them and do it." And so we're looking in odd places, celebrities on television, sports figures, versus the ones that was in the on the ground doing it. You know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. even at one point, um, Sharpton might have been considered one up in New York. I mean, I think he scathed his his legacy a lot behind. Um, was it the Tawana Bradley case? I think it was.
2: Tawana Bradley. Um, they, they never let him live that yeah, one. Yeah,
0: right. And that was just hard pressed, you know what I'm saying? I think, and I want to say, social media is a great factor in that, to be honest.
1: Yeah.
0: It,
2: it it it's really hard to stay scandal free. Like when people talk about Obama being scandal free, what people will do is they'll bring up policies. Policies are not scandal. Policies either work or they don't work. When a policy is scandalous is when it directly works against the people and you know it, like Trump, right? When we say scandal-free, we're talking about he ain't got no outside kids. There's no mistresses. There's no history of bank fraud or laundering money for the Russians or anything like that, that he's just a normal, ordinary guy. You know, and there's no shadows over him. You can't hold anything over him, which is why they had to make up some bullshit about him being born in Kenya and um, <laughs> and, and not have the birth certificate. Because they went, they dug in his past, and they're like, "Oh my God, this guy's squeaky clean." What we could do with this guy, you know, somebody like Alex Sharpton, you know, even even making a mistake like falling in behind Tawana Brawley, you know, that cost him. Because even though that happened 30 years ago. Literally 30 years ago, if you were to run for president, that's all they would talk about is Tawana Bro. Mm. So it's almost like you have to be perfect. Odie brought up a great point last week. Oh, actually on Monday, when we were going over the uh, the Democratic presidential candidates, and she was saying that, uh, and and if I'm if I convey it wrong, Odie let me know.
1: That that I was
2: kind of being. Uh, hard on him to the point where like, I'm just trying to find fault with these others because I just want to vote for Bernie. And I'm like, well, my thing, and and I can agree with that in a sense, but, but, but the thing is Bernie's message has been consistent all throughout, you know? So if LeBron would have run for president and LeBron was to have a, a solid message that helps the people. Right. And LeBron, and like you said, blue, let's say LeBron decides. All right. You know, I'm not playing basketball anymore. Let me go to school and let me learn um, constitutional law. You know, let me learn more about how these things work in the government. And he decides, well, you know, I'm going to run for governor of Ohio. And then maybe he becomes a congressman. Maybe he's in the position to run for president. Don't forget, Barack Obama was only a first-term congressman before he ran for
3: president. Senator.
2: First-term senator. Thank you. So, yeah, it's the whole celebrity thing is I don't want to say meaningless because look at someone like Cynthia Nixon. You know, Cynthia Nixon is an actress. She was on sex in the city for yeah. years, right? Yeah. But she has a strong progressive message. So people are kind of falling in behind her. They, they made a point of saying on Fox news that, Oh, uh, black people aren't really voting for it because black people don't really watch sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bernie had the same problem. Bernie didn't get a lot of the black vote. Now, when you poll people now on Bernie Sanders He gets like almost 80% of the black vote But back then When he was running for office Especially in the south No one knew who Bernie was
1: right. Unless you, unless
2: you watched C-SPAN you know? Even Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Had that problem Because a lot of black folks Didn't really vote for her Because they didn't know who she was Now they know who she is So now that won't be a problem When she goes up for her election in November But I, I could see I could see me, if if LeBron is on the track like he's doing now, I could easily see me voting for LeBron. No muss, no fuss.
3: Well, speaking of uh, the intersectionality of uh, politics and sports, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: uh, your boy boy Colin, (laughs) uh, who has been taking a knee to the detriment of his own career, um, was actually shouted out on Y'all know, I don't know. But one of the football games, I think, like, like a sports game or whatever. Yeah. Okay, Madden. What is it, Madden? 2015. Or? Oh, okay, whatever. I don't, you see, I don't know how this works. But there anyway. But what I do know is that that bitch cost fifty nine ninety nine. That much I know.
1: <laughs>
3: so, Big Sean uh, did, like, a song or whatever for the, for the game. And they, they bleached out. Colin's name They actually bleeped out Colin's name as like it was some sort of expletive Word whatever the fuck They bleeped out Colin's name and tried to act like He didn't matter And Big Sean made sure that he told Colin like on social media like Oh um, Like I didn't approve that nobody from My team approved that I don't know what the fuck this is Blah 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 Colin was like thanks for letting me know No problem whatever Well that prompted a challenge where, and this is why I know the price of the game, where um, Charlemagne Magad and others said that they were going to take the fifty nine ninety nine that would have been sent on the game, mm-hmm. and and donate it to Collins' causes, so that he could continue to do the good work for his um, his mm-hmm. organization, um, which is the Know Your Rights campaign and several other initiatives that he set up to make sure that people which actually strangely enough I actually had a dream just last night that I was arrested and <laughs> I was like I was shaking like I was shaking and and the crazy part was like the policeman wasn't being like super aggressive but I was becoming but I remember like holding my wrists out to have the cuffs put on me and then I started shaking um, because he was taking too long to like let me go, because I figured he wasn't going to find anything wrong, and he was taking a really long time to, like, search through me and my friend's vehicle, even though, and I, and then I started, like, thinking, like, oh, shit, do I have weed in the car? Like, I started freaking out, um, and then, like, my alarm went off, so I didn't, luckily, I didn't see that dream through, but I really started freaking out. I'm just curious, like, how many non-people of color have those types of dreams, but anyway, um, so, yeah, people have started donating the fifty nine ninety nine to Collins Causes. I think it's a great idea. Um, yes. But it actually, I guess it must have hurt their pockets a little too much because EA Sports came back and said, oh, we'll put it back in the game. They said they'll put it back.
2: I, I, I mean, like 2K games, like when they, when they do their music, right? And I'm mad at 2K games because NBA, the NBA 2K games, I'm not going to get in the whole video game nerd thing of it, right? But they, when they do their music, They put a lot of songs in there where it's just like, how did Shook One's Part 2 get in here? That's not a song that should be in a video game that kids are going to play. Because I love that song, but it ain't a song for kids, (laughs) you know? So it's not uncommon to hear songs where they bleep out stuff, and instead of just going beat, they just uh, edit out the voice part of it. So, like, when they they say something like, um, punch you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone, like, that'll just be just dead space, and then they continue rapping. So like
3: at the scene center.
2: Yep. Yeah. So there was a, a, somebody who figured it out what that line was going to be. That line was supposed to be, um, it was YG, uh, and Big Sean was the, the the guest artist on there. So it was YG featuring oh Big God. Sean, and he said, um, and it was just a simple line. He says, um, "You boys all cap, I'm more Colin Kaepernick." That was the line that was edited out. You know,
3: Great and my, I like Big Sean, by the way.
2: Yeah, and and it's basically just uh, part of the blackballing. You know, Colin went against the status quo, and he paid for it with his career. He put his money where his mouth was, because I mean, Colin is definitely, you know, people say he's like a, you know, he had a, a little bit of a bad run. So people like, oh, he's like a top. Uh, 96 quarterback, meaning that he could be third string. Fuck that. Colin Kaepernick, last season, there were at least nine quarterbacks I could think of that Kaepernick could have started in place of and they would have been, they would have won at least four or five more games that season. Okay, Certain people don't fit into certain systems. Okay, But you figure the blackballing had nothing to do with his abilities. It had to do with him uh, protesting,
3: uh, and also known as collusion. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which uh, I, I think he has also he has, known as
1: collusion,
0: which <laughs> is not illegal.
2: <laughs> well, if you listen to our our quote unquote president, it's not illegal. And you know what? Next week, treason, treason is not illegal. Who told you that? Thomas Jefferson? That hack? Uh, uh, Trump would be like Thomas Jefferson, total loser. Treason is not illegal. <laughs> He's, isn't Kaepernick suing the
3: NFL? Yes, I was just about to um, ask you if you'd heard any updates about that because he had um, with the commissioner, the NFL commissioner, and some other people were named in the lawsuit um, where emails were floating around saying that, yeah, they, they were conspiring to keep him out of the, the
2: I, I I'll, put, I'll put it like this. I, I play... Fantasy football. I, I, I run two fantasy football teams. We've been running them for the last 15 years. The amount of shitty players, of shitty quarterbacks I've seen, you know, Kaepernick would have been a welcome addition <laughs> to a lot of those teams. And you figure if another team is not willing to even pay Kaepernick to sit on their bench, just in case, you know, get them back into playing shape and then let them come in just in case their quarterback goes down because quarterbacks go down all the time because your job is just to murder the quarterback, (laughs) you know. So for them to not do that, that's definitely grounds for collusion because if I had a team with a shitty quarterback, right, let's just say I don't know Cleveland, and Kaepernick was on the waiver wire available, please, please, Come in for a tryout. Not even come in for a tryout. Come in, let's get you trained up back into playing shape, and then at least get you um, second string in case our quarterback goes down. Because, I mean, they are paying a starting quarterback, you know. But for them to not do that, that's definite grounds for collusion, without definite doubt. Because there were so many teams that could have used Kaepernick, and they wouldn't even talk to him because they're all in it together. Because your whole thing is, is to win. And if you have a player that can help you win and you're not even talking to them, they're full of shit. It's collusion. I agree. So I'll I'll keep an eye on that lawsuit and find out what comes of it. But God, I hope he wins.
3: Yeah, so that's all I had, guys. I didn't really have much else to bring to the table, but we'll see what this week brings us because this past week was pretty interesting, to say the least.
2: I, I, I will say one thing, Oe. by the end of my segment, you're going to be mad at me, okay? I, I just want to warn you up front, you know. We'll I, decided, ahead, I, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try and do something. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine, you know. She, we used to work together uh, for a little bit, and then she, uh, you know, she quit and went on to do other things. And now she's in New York, you know, working on her singing and acting career. Matter of fact, she was in a uh, it was a, a a web series called uh, Love, it's, Love it Love at First Night. She plays Deidre. and then they actually got picked up by a I don't know if it's like a local television station. I never heard of it before, but they got picked up by a local television station.
1: So I know they did at least
2: they did they did at least two seasons of the show, you know. Nice. So. I don't know if they got picked up for a third yet, but, you know, she buzzed me on Twitter and she was like, yeah, you know, you haven't given me any music recommendations in a while. And she said, you should do like a a music segment. I'm like, yeah, but I hate this music now. I don't want to be the crotchety old man saying, ah, you, you lousy kids and your music (laughs) all day. But, you know, she said there's still a, a market for old school stuff, you know, but I said, all right, let me, let me do this. Maybe I'm being too hard on these kids, right? Let me give it a shot. So I went to Billboard charts and I went to the top 10 of being top 11, and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, so it's the top 11 songs on the hot rap charts, right? And I gave them a listen and then I, I rated them, you know, based on their.
3: Huh? What was the first one? Did you say the name already? No, not yet. Oh, okay, okay.
2: No. But um, I, I rated it based on um, the beats, the rhymes, and I also put down how long I listened to it before I had enough. <laughs> so,
3: Interesting.
2: Okay. I, I, I figured, uh, I, you know, that may add something to it. Just a to... so, uh, first song. Well, I went 11 songs because the number 11 song was a song called "Sad" by and Let me know if I'm pronouncing this wrong, which I'm pretty sure I am. X uh, Tentacon.
3: Okay, so, well that's what that just got killed, so that's yeah. why that song is like really popular right now. And and I was watching one of
2: those uh the double XL ciphers and he was on there and he does more like emo rap. So when that, <laughs> everyone, else was
3: doing really all, yeah. everyone
2: else was doing their old accurate.
3: It's pretty accurate.
2: When everyone else was doing their old, you know, I got diamonds and shit rap that was that went well, out with the Hot Boys, I thought. Um he comes on and then he 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 kind of takes a knee and then he does his verse and he did it without music, right? So they cut the music off and he went ahead and did his thing and you can see everybody was like, you know, it's kind of deep. So when I saw his name in number eleven, I was like, you know what? Maybe we can make it top eleven. So I listened to the entire song. The song was called Sad. I listened to the entire song. So the beat, I gave it like a six out of ten. The rhymes, I gave it a six out of ten. So it was basically. uh, You know, a a song about love gone bad, which is not uncommon, but it was uh, it was coherent. I thought it was I thought it was kind of deep, you know, and it made sense. You know, a little darker than most songs uh, about lost love, but it it held my interest the entire time. The song wasn't long, like two minutes and fifty something seconds, you know, and uh, I, I. I'm kind of sorry he's gone because I I would have liked to have seen him develop as an artist and see what else he he was going to bring to the table. You know, he died in June. He was um, actually, uh, they arrested like four people in conjunction with his, uh, it was a robbery because obviously he never heard of a debit card because he, uh, he pulled $50,000 in cash to go buy a motorcycle. (laughs) I was like, uh, debit card, dude. Get a debit card, you know, or write a check for, for fuck's sake. But I, I was kind of like, I, I would have liked to have seen more from him, you know. I may give his album a listen and see what else he's got. So, number 10 was uh, Little Baby featuring Drake, song called Yes Indeed. So, I listened to it for about a minute and two seconds. I gave the beat and the rhymes a four out of ten. I'm not going to lie. Drake's verse was decent. I'm not a Drake fan in any way, shape, or form. I don't like Drake. I don't even like his stupid face. But his his verse was decent, which is why I listened to the song for There's a minute. Was that?
3: But okay. Well, I forgot. You're looking with different eyes. My bad. Yes. All right. But but, but I I, I listened to Drake's verse and
2: I'm like, you know, this is not bad. And then uh, little baby came on and I was like, oh my god, not this again. It, it his rhymes just sounded. He just sounded very generic. Like I've heard. Um, yeah, this.
3: he definitely does. Um, I I actually saw a little baby. He came with Yo Gotti like earlier this year, like for like, like maybe March or something. Right. But um, yeah, he came he came earlier this year, and I was like, who the, the little baby? And I haven't stopped hearing him since. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so the next song on the list was uh was Drake, uh God's Plan. And the video, the video was kind of cool because they had a, uh, in, in the video they had a budget of like $900,000 and Drake just pretty much just gave it away to all the people wherever they were filming. Like they had a scene where um, they opened up a Miami. store. Yeah, they opened up a store and they let people just go in and just take what they want. And so he basically yeah. said, you know, I, I, gave, I had a $900,000 budget. I gave it all to the people, you know. I could that, was, that.
3: that was Miami. Miami was the city. Okay.
2: But yeah. I listened to this song for about minute, 39 seconds. Same thing. The beat and the rhymes, I gave it a four out of 10. To me, it's the same old, I mean, Drake has, how many albums Drake has out? Like four or five studio albums by now?
0: Probably.
2: And, and the thing is, if you have a, if you have an artist like Gangstar, right? Gangstar has that appeal to me where they could do, or, or MOP, where they could do the same album over and over, and I'll buy it over and over, you know? Especially with DJ Premier's beats behind it, in the case of Gangstar, right? But with Drake, when I hear, at least when he did something like Started from the Bottom, it felt a little different, and I was like, okay, I can kind of, I can kind of get with this. Like if I had a Drake song, if if they told me, hey, you have to buy one Drake song on iTunes, it would probably be Started from the Bottom, mainly because I like the beat. Hmm. You know? I like the beat and, well, and, I like, and, and I like the chorus
3: but but it's funny you bring up when you bring up emo rap, though Drake is an emo rapper, believe it or not <laughs> yeah, yeah Drake it, is an emo rapper if you think about it and he also makes I'd he say makes Drake music is more for of
0: a Dick Ryden type rapper um, <laughs> he, he, he collaborates with people and then he might have them write a couple bars or write or do a sing songy version of it, and then he emulates it for his own self, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's, it, I, can, I, can, I can show you reference tracks of about 80% of his tracks. You know, this is his M.O., and that's why he always has, it's never just Aubrey Graham on the writing credits.
3: It's always Aubrey Graham and somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he is an actor, so I wouldn't be that surprised, but okay.
2: So, and then, um, like I said, I, I just put it down as same old Drake drivel. It didn't really have any life to it. So um, the next one was Tyga featuring Offset, a song called Taste, right? Don't
3: know that one. Don't
2: and, know uh, that one. listen to it for a minute, 35 seconds. The beats and the rhymes, I, gave, I both gave a 5 out of 10. And it wasn't so much as the rhymes. Like, Tyga can rap, but it was more like ice rap, like we used to call it back when, uh, when Juvenile and the Hot Boys and all of them were doing it. It was just ice rap. So it wasn't like Biggie doing like uh, a couple of lines where he talks about his jewels. You talk about like whole songs talk about how many diamonds you got. You know, I've heard so many different metaphors from the 90s, so many different metaphors about how your diamonds look like ice. (laughs) You know, and it, it it was like, so like with Tiger, it wasn't so much as his rap style. It was so much as in that song what he was talking about. Like, I've heard that all before. That, that, that's nothing different to me. So the video was your standard fare of I got a big house with a lot of women shaking their asses in it, which was cool like 15 years ago. I'm like, do something new, man, for the love of Jesus. I, I've seen that video so many times, even with rappers that I like a lot. Like, I know that's not your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? You figure Migos is one of the hottest rap groups out now. Their net worth is about $12 million. Right, so you figure four million dollars a piece, you know. So that house that he was in, that's not, uh, you know, that that super mansion that he was in, and all, you know. And I'm like, it just seemed kind of boring. And then uh, when Offset came in, I was like, okay, I'm done. Let's do can rap. But like I said, but it, like I said, Tiger's Tiger can rap, but the content just kept it all down. And then I had uh, Post Malone featuring Ty Dollar Sign, a song called Psycho. I didn't get to to Ty dollar Sign's rap. I listened to the song for a minute. I gave the beat hmm. I gave the beat a four out of ten. I gave the rhymes a three out of ten because he okay, had.
3: So in all fairness, in all fairness, this is not his best work. I love uh, Ty Dollar Sign. Honestly, if he came. I don't know the next time he's coming to Raleigh, but the next time he comes to Raleigh, I'm definitely going to see him. Like, he, he has a lot of bops. If I knew you were doing this project, I would have at least been like, okay, what artists are you looking at? Right. I so can like barely yeah. judge them on like you know the of their work because I, 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 I wouldn't I'm not, take i to lie, Odie. You know when I thought of that? When I got
2: off work yesterday and I'm sitting <laughs> at the computer and I'm thinking about what to write about. Because usually I already have what I'm going to write about, say, by like Tuesday or Wednesday, and then it may change, mm-hmm. but I didn't have it. I didn't have anything. And I was just like, I think thinking about what what my friend Danielle said, and I was just like, huh, oh, let me see what's on the billboard. Yeah, well, so, no, so, so it just kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah. the video was kind of interesting because he was rolling around. It seemed like some post-apocalyptic thing, and he was rolling around in the tank. And about the time where I turned it off, he was – uh. He saw a little girl and a little girl ran away so he jumps out the tank to go find out where she went and that's about the time where I turned the video off. But other than that, it was just that generic talk singing horse shit. And I was like, Man, fuck Drake for making that shit popular. Him, uh, T Pain, all those jackasses for making that shit popular. You know? I call Uh, it talk.
3: But it goes it goes further back than that. Jaw rule. Fifty did it after he ridiculed ja Rule for doing it. Um, so it, it goes back further. It ain't just the new guys;
2: the old ones too. The only artist I do who does that from time to time is Most Def. Like Most Def, yeah,
1: he and did it too.
2: Every now and then, Most Def will sing his own hook, which is not like he did. Like for the um for uh, Respiration, one of my favorite songs, he did the hook. Which saves a lot of money, because you can't always get Patti LaBelle to do your hooks. <laughs> you can't always get Mary to and do your hooks.
0: And sometimes he sings through the whole song, like that Remy song. Yeah, only fast. And at first, I think that shit had to grow on me, but I really, really like that song now. But when I first heard it, I said, whoa, what the fuck is going on here?
1: <laughs>
3: but speaking of Drake, he stole his
0: style from the Fonte from the foreign exchange and Little Brother.
3: Is. Mm. Yes, she was actually in a house party in Durham last week. My long sister and friend took a picture with him. That's what's up. And she used and, to fuck out. Used and fuck
2: I, out. I, I will say, I got into uh, Little Brother and Foreign Exchange very late. Like I'm still going back and listening to some of their old catalog.
3: Yeah, I like, I, like Fox, I like Foreign Exchange. Um, I'm not that like impressed with the like the last time I saw Fonte's uh stage presence, but. The music is good. The music is really good, but the stage presence has got a lot of work. He needs a lot of work.
1: And and
2: that's where you make your bread and butter is your is your stage shows. Yeah,
3: you know. exactly. Gotta give people something to see.
2: Exactly. But I I like I said the beat was alright. The rhymes are just that, that talk singing horse shit. Was just alright, whatever, you know. The next song on there was uh Juice World. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the W R L D right. He a song called Lucid Dreams.
1: Yeah, so other, I like so that
2: other, song. So other than the other one, I listened to it for about 2 minutes and 37 seconds. I gave the beat a 7 out of 10, and, and, and I'm biased for that, and I'll tell you why in a second. The rhymes, oh, yeah, I, gave a, yeah. I, the rhymes I gave a 6 out of 10. Okay? And, and my notes on this was the song was easy to understand and it was easy to follow. And it was
3: about something. <laughs> you know? See, the, the funny part is, I've actually never listened to the lyrics of that song. And, yes. it, and it actually follows that, falls in that category, sing songy.
2: Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, and it's the only song I know from Kid Cudi of Day and Night as far as the content of it. You know? Mm, so, okay. um, it, it kind of it grew on me. And I was I'm listening to it, and I was just like, I, only reason why I didn't listen to the whole thing because I was like, okay, I got the point. I know what I'm gonna write about this. But if not for that, I would have listened to the whole thing. And the sample that caught my ear was uh, the sample uh, "Shape of My Heart" from Sting. It was the same sample that they used in um, in Nas' mm-hmm. uh, "The Message."
3: Yeah, yeah. The so, message.
2: That, so that kind of caught my eye. I was like, oh, that caught my ear. I should say, you know. And I'm I'm very I understand why. I don't know why this is. I've never heard anybody say it. I understand why newer artists don't really use samples that much anymore. It's because they cost a fortune. You know? It, it, to me, it really makes the song, if you could find a great sample,
3: but the cost well, of it nowadays is ridiculous. Well, it's funny that you should mention that because uh, I'm going to say your beloved Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> Has summoned the the power of her. Uh, she has summoned the power of her followers, her barbs, as she calls them, um, because her album is supposed. Her album is supposed to come out next week, I believe, and um, she said that she wants to sample Tracy Chapman. Now I'm trying to figure out what the hell Tracy Chapman song she's trying to sample that's going to go with Nicki Minaj's sound, like sound, but um, apparently she wants to sample Tracy. Um, but I don't know if they have tried to get, actually, like, go through the proper channels to get this done, and they haven't heard back, and that's why they're trying to use the power of social media to do it, or if Nikki's just doing this for attention and trying to find a reason that, uh, the album's not ready and she could blame it on this, um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure how much it costs, but... She is trying to get that sample cleared, and if she waits until the song, until the, and she puts it on the album anyway, then she's going to have to pay whatever ridiculous amount Tracy Chapman comes up with. I know you know uh, Lord Tracy and Peter
2: Guns. One of them is on one of the reality shows that you watch, yes.
3: right? I yes, uh, love it. Well, he was, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting story there. Yeah, go ahead and tell it.
2: When, when they had that song Uptown Baby, it used a, uh, a sample from Steely Dan called uh, Black Cow. And when the single came out, it caught fire, right? So then they were like, okay, well, we got the albums ready. We got to get this album out in the streets to capitalize on all this buzz. And then in all that time, all the executives were like, you cleared the sample for this song, right? No, I thought you cleared the sample for this. And Steely Dan came down on them like a ton of bricks. You know, and I imagine them being mad that they took their song without permission, but then they had to go through the whole, oh, rap is original horse shit. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. People thought that you were like a, a goddamn uh, auto part or some shit like that, you know, before they came out with that song. Although, I, that's not true, because De La Soul did a lot of sampling of Steely Dan. There's been a lot of sampling of Steely Dan. They're actually a really good band. But, um... My whole thing is is that samples are expensive. And and I will say, Blue, I don't know how much Drake samples, but some of those extra song credits may be people who they sampled because sometimes a condition is they have to be listed as a songwriter, which means that they get a cut of the profits.
0: That's valid. That's valid. In some cases in some cases that is sometimes the
3: case. Um not I'm awkward, pretty I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that I think um, drake get
0: two fucks about the sample clearances because he says I ain't making no money from Universal and from um, um, what they call his label, um, Young, the young anyway, Money. Young Money. Yeah. I get yeah. all my money. I get all my money for shows. So fuck that. They'll do. They'll deal with the samples. I get the money off the shows.
1: And
2: and, and people like this, Casey Chuck's been sampled before. Um, nice and smooth sampled. Um, fast car. For uh, sometimes I rhyme slow. So they. And there's been a few of the songs where they sample Tracy Chapman.
3: I'm so, pretty sure Nikki's just doing this because she the yeah. album's not ready. She's already pushed it back. It's probably still not ready. And so this is, like, another excuse or another reason for it not to be ready. I legitimately think that's what's happening. But um, I'm pretty sure, too, that's what I was going to say about Pharrell, um, just about, like, having stuff written in your contract so that you can, like, get more money out of the song. So, like, Pharrell has worked with a shit ton of artists. But I'm pretty sure he has something written um, where he has to appear on certain songs. Like, if he wants to appear on the song, he can. And the reason for that argument is on this Carter's album, the song that he produced, um, I Can Do Anything, I think it's called Nice. Yeah, Nice. So he he produced that song, and he has, like, this random-ass verse at the end that's not necessarily, like, it's not necessary at all but he's on that song, and that's why I'm like, I'm pretty sure something is, is in his contract where he has to say, I get production, but I also get, get to be on the song. Yeah. yeah, I think they have to write it that way.
2: It's kind of like, I, 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 I had to keep bringing up Beta Cuck 45, but like that was a, one of the conditions for Donald Trump. If he were to use his properties in their movies, he had to have like a little guest star in it, which is how he ended up in oh, Home Alone. No. And, that's I how he ended up in Home Alone too. Because that was a condition. If you use my properties in your movie, I have to be in your movie.
0: Which is like the the
2: height of narcissism. Because I'm not an actor. So I was like, please, don't put me in your movie because I don't want to be on there. I am waiting for a bus. Like, I don't want to do that. Put myself out there. But, Mm, you know. mm, mm. But when when you're a narcissist, that's what you do. But with with Pharrell, I mean, it's not like he doesn't have talent. But I still wouldn't want to overexpose myself beyond on everybody's song that I produce. I'm not trying to be Jermaine Dupree. So, but um, the next song on the list was, of course, Drake again. Now, I will say this, you know,
3: Kiki, do you love me? Is it that one? uh, No, that one.
2: Not that one. But it was one called uh, "Nice for What." Okay, Okay. all
3: right, I like that one. I gave gave the
2: rhymes a five out of ten. I gave the beat a seven out of ten. And the beat had an old school, had an old school Kanye West quality to it, or as, as Black Thought said in his freestyle, a pre-Kardashian Kanye uh, quality to it, you know. And if you were ever listening to old Kanye stuff, he he has yeah. like um, the voice samples that run continually through the song, which yeah. some yeah. might find annoying, but I kind of like it, like when he I had like that him. song. And speaking of Steely Dan, when he sampled um, Kid Charlemagne. For a song champion from uh, graduation, and then he had that voice yep, sample champion, running.
3: Champion, yeah. that that album in general had a lot of that going on. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: So he, they, I I don't know who produced it, but they had a repeating voice sample from Lauren Hill's uh, X Factor
1: yeah, running
2: yeah. in running in the background. You know, and like I said, I'm I'm a put it like this. If it wasn't for that, it would probably get, I mean, it w- I wouldn't give it like a three out of ten. I would have still given it like a, a, a six out of ten for the beat. But I gave it like an extra bump because of that voice sample in the background. it kind of reminded me of the to me, old the,
0: the, To me, the production was too jumbled up. I mean, they used maybe six, five or six different samples in that song from yeah. the, that, that bounce thing they got down there in Louisiana. And it didn't seem like the two samples or the beat itself talked to each other correctly. You know what I'm saying?
2: You know who was, and it's funny because I was just watching that this morning. You know who was good at that? Uh, Bomb Squad. Because uh, they have this channel on YouTube, uh, 106.7, uh, something like that. And they do this thing where they take like classic albums and they kind of mix them back and forth with the songs that they sampled. And like the Bomb Squad, just seemed, like, who did production for Public Enemy, they did Ice Cube's first album, They seem really good, and even um, X-Clan, the guys who did the X-Clan's first couple albums, because those albums were very sample heavy, and they seem to make multiple samples, work together, and not be so jumbled up, even when the song could be very chaotic, because you know Chuck D is all just
3: Yes chaos,
2: you know? He is
3: hollering, hollering. And, and I'm sitting
2: there, and you know, like as I was watching this morning, I'm eating my breakfast, you know, just singing along to Chuck D lyrics while I'm eating breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm listening to all these old, all these old. I fans. know
0: Chuck D is a true boy. I have um back in back that radio station on Sirius XA. I forgot Rock the Beat or whatever it's called by Cruz. Oh, Rock the Now. And, man, they they rock they rock PE a lot. It's just amazing that catalog. And you're right, the production of the Bomb Squad was phenomenal use a minimum of six or seven samples every time, you know what I'm saying? And and found a way to make it work,
2: so because when I'm I'm watching this special and I'm catching some of the samples in there, and I'm like, I, and I'm very, I think I have an ear for samples, but I was like, oh, I did not know that song was in there, because they mixed it together nicely. Yeah. So, but I I can agree with you, Blue, but like I said, the sample thing kind of caught my eye. or caught my ear, I should say. You know, it, like I said, remind me of the old Kanye stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, the next song was Post Malone, a song called Better Now. And I don't know that one. I don't I, think so. I listened to it for 36 seconds. I forgot. Oh yeah, I, I gave the beat and the rhymes a three out of ten, and my notes were more talk singing crap that would be better off on the R and B charts. I picked the rap, the hot rap songs for a reason, because I didn't want shit like this in my list. You understand? If if you have the rap and R&B charts, yeah, they're gonna mix that type of stuff in there. But if you're gonna rap, man, fucking rap! Don't you know this whole crooning shit? Like, what what come and say? So you think you Frank Sinatra? You out there crooning? You think you Bing Crosby? Man, fucking rap! What the hell are you doing out there? You know, I. I think I should have given it more of a chance, but as soon as I saw him doing that talk singing thing, I was just like, you know what? You can kiss my ass. What song is next? And then the next song was just, oh, my fucking God, uh, 6 9 featuring Nicki Minaj and Murder Beats, uh, Fefe. Fifi. Fifi? Fifi, okay. You,
3: you Africanized it, but that's okay. Fifi. Oh, okay. Oh, Okay. <laughs>
2: Because when I think Fifi, I think it's spelled with I's and not E's. So, okay. True. I can see that, yeah.
3: yeah. I
2: see I see. But I listened to that song for about 54 seconds. I, I can tell you one thing about 6 9 He's very hard to look at. Very, very hard to look at. He's like, I, he I like the love. For, for, for a second there, I almost wished I was colorblind. Like, that's how hard he is to look at. Between the hair and the now and later teeth and all that other bullshit. I'm just like, <clears> hmm <throat> Uh, uh, uh... It's, he's he's just so garish, you know? And
3: he's trying to be... I, I, mean, to... I couldn't identify him. Like, I'm not... Uh, I have never, like, heard... I honestly don't... Oh. I still never heard that Fifi song. If you still saw never heard him. you wouldn't know him. Because <laughs> he stands out like a...
2: Like Eminem said, he stands out like a green hat with an orange bill.
3: No, but, I wouldn't know him if I saw him. I would know yeah. him if I saw him, but that's only because of all his antics online... But if I heard his song on the radio, or I would know. Like I would be like, who is that? I, mm, I've seen in comments so people describe him as a yelling rapper. So
1: yes, and, and that, that
2: doesn't like help though. Kinda, I, I would much rather uh, I would much rather his yelling stuff than him trying to be smooth on his song. You know, and that's where I, I gave the beat like a two out of 10. I gave his rhymes like a four out of 10, you know, and don't get me wrong. Even his yelling stuff is just very, it would be his yelling stuff is like Scarface, but without the skills. What would you give
0: Nikki on the, on that, that right
2: record? I didn't even, well, that's the thing. I only listened to the song for like 50, like 50 seconds. I didn't even get the Nikki part.
3: Well, I will say this though. Um, I I read, uh, like, Safari had, like, tweeted out something about supporting Nikki, and she did have a, a line on that song where she was talking about her ice, like her diamonds, and she said something something to the effect of, like, oh, the power went out, so they called me back so I could shine or some shit like that. And so Safari was like, that shit was cold, like, because I like my diamonds, too, or whatever. I don't know if them two are ever going to get back together, but... I digress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, some, I guess, like, some of her shit was kind of catchy, but I wouldn't yeah. know because I've never listened to that song. I don't know. I don't know what it sounds like. You're not out.
0: missing anything, but, unfortunately, I'm it's in the content right now. It's crazy. So, all we got to do, if we if we sat down as a collaborative, and we just put on a good trap beat, you know, just a little... That's really the only prerequisite you need, that hi-hat thing, right? Um... I was watching on um, Wilding Out on um, MTV, and the um, was on there. And you know how mm-hmm. sometimes they are, they're going, they make their own little group raps or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just came off. you know how they, they they do it off the top for the for the yeah. most part. I'm sure they collaborate a little bit in the back. Man, it's crazy yeah. how that song they came up with sound like something that'd be on the radio right the fuck now. It took them mm-hmm. a whole two minutes to make. That's 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 the trend we find in rap. They're saying these artists, they go in the studio and they be like, yo, that shit was cold, that shit was cold, man, I just made that shit up on oh, the spot, it just came to me, you know, oh, cold, <laughs> yeah, baby, and it's just really amazing, I remember when I used to be a rapper, you know, ooh, almost 20 years now, um, and I was sit, and we, we would mull over the shit for, you know, hours at a time, listening to the beat, see how we could fit into the pocket of the beat, seeing how to articulate our words, and Going back and finding a metaphor that would make it pop better, you know what I'm saying? I remember, yeah, we might have had a couple of raps that we did like boom, 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 but if you listen to them, you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And those songs wouldn't be released or they wouldn't chart, you know. These rappers. We were using a, a web-based server called MP3.com, and that's what we were using to, you know, the chart as um, record labels or artists or whatever. And you know, this shit right here today wouldn't got no playback. 15, 20 years ago, for real, for real. I don't understand what's going on. But I do remember when it happened. It began with a, a record label called No Limit Records and um, <laughs> and Cash Money. That's, that's where it started. I had to blame it on a rapper named Juvenile when he came up with Ha. Huh? <laughs> uh, and you
2: know the worst part about that song? I I actually have the version with the the remix with Jay Z and Jay Z's verse was decent on there. I kind of like Jay Z's verse on it, you know. But the song was just kind of like you know you just end everything with ha, you know.
0: What you and, over there, what you over there talking about there, Merk? Huh? Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, the hurt The beat
3: play, was crazy huh? on that song though. I like the beat though. I like that beat. <laughs> that I like
0: that beat. The beat was actually it was a it was a beat that he wanted he covered it for a long time from a different bounce artist that uh, Manny produced years prior. I think it was um UNLV or something like that.
2: It's <laughs> You, you know, it's funny, when he mentioned about covering that beat, I remember um, Damon Dash was talking about the beat that they used for uh, Hard Knock Life. And I forgot where Damon Dash said he was, but uh, 45 King had that beat, right? And I guess he played it, and Damon Dash was like, yo, I want that beat for, for Jay, right? And 45 King was like, nah, I've already promised that beat to somebody else, and Damon Dash was like, I'll come back here in an hour with $10,000 in, in a brown paper bag. I want that beat. And he ended up buying the beat from 45 King and it became one of Jay's biggest hits. You know? Sometimes the beats just work. I mean, you figure somebody like Rob Bass, right? It Takes Two. I don't think that, that song would have worked with any other beat. The beat, that was like a uh, to me, where the beat and the rhymes just worked perfectly together. You know? Sure. But, I mean, the, the beat for uh, that uh, Fifi's song, it was just generic. And, you know, 6 9 his rhyme flow was just meh. You know, it, it, nowadays with everybody trying to sound the same, it's hard to find people that kind of stand out. Mm. You know, and 6 9 at least when he was doing his yelling rap, at least he kind of stood out. You know, he kind of looked like a goofball with the multicolored hair and the multicolored teeth and all that other stuff. But, you know. And then, the last song on the list was uh, Cardi B. Uh, bad, uh, it was Cardi B, Bad Bunny, and J Balvin, if I pronounced the name right. I like it. I like it. That's actually number one on the hot rap charts right now. Uh, I listened to the song for just under two minutes, uh, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. I would have probably turned it off sooner, but Cardi B is easy on the eyes. So, I think I watched the video a little bit longer than I, w- than I really would have. I'm
3: pretty sure she was pregnant,
2: but okay. And that, you can yeah. <laughs> well, and probably tell because she wasn't really showing off a whole lot of her body.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm you just about right. her. She was wearing that yellow dress. Yeah.
2: I I'm just talking about her face because she wasn't really showing off. and And that makes perfect sense that she was pregnant. That. But um, I gave the beat a 6 out of 10. I, I kind of have a soft spot for Latin-flavored beats that don't go overboard. You know, so it kind of had that Latin flavor, and it had the, the the voice sample. Well, you know, they they sang it themselves, but from uh, what was it Ricky Martin? Did he do that song? I like it like that. No, no, I
3: think I'm pretty sure it was
2: Celia Cruz. Oh, she did. She did that originally. Okay. Yes. I, I gave her runs a five out of ten. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna do it like this. Okay. I find Not Cardi B's...
0: You mean uh, Offset's rhymes at
2: five out of ten. Oh, does, does Offset write her rhymes or something? I
0: don't
1: know. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> but I, I find Cardi B's... I, I, I might have given it something lower, but I had to look at it... I had to change my perspective of it, you know? There are just certain rappers who are just out there to floss and have fun, you know? <laughs>
3: Who may and i I don't know I, I, think it was Pete, Pete Rodriguez that came up with that song, okay I,
2: I don't know enough about Cardi b to know what she's all about, but i I will know this on its own, like I mean is it a song that would that I'd spend a dollar fifty on on iTunes to buy? probably not, but if it came on the radio, I wouldn't turn it off, you know. The beat, the beat was catchy, and you know her rhymes were simple but serviceable. I'll give it that.
3: You know. So Cardi's, um, Cardi, y'all know I love me some Cardi, and um, one of the things that she said she was concerned about when this song came out, she was just like, "Well, I have like a lot of English-speaking fans, so mm-hmm. the fact that Jay Balvin's verse, or not the, not Jay Balvin's." Was it Jay Baldwin, Whoever was rapping on that part, yes. um, yeah, Jay Balvin She was just like, uh, I'm not really sure, like how my fans are gonna feel about an exclusively Spanish verse, but people were bopping, and I mean, I can understand a little bit of what you're saying, but I, certainly not a lot. And you know, it's you know what's it, funny? It, it just works.
2: In NBA 2K18, there's a song. It sounds like one of those mumble rapper songs, but the dude is doing it in French. I think. I'm going to find the name of the song. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Like even M.C. Solar, when he was rhyming, he was rapping in French. Like uh, he was a protege of uh, Gangstar. And he was rapping in French. Even um, Les Nubiens, they were like an R&B group from, uh, I, I don't know if they're from France or if they were African, they just speak French, but that was one of my favorite albums. And then the album was all in French. They only had one English song, and that's when they uh, they did a uh, cover of "Sweetest Taboo" from Sade.
1: Hmm.
2: And they did they did a remix in English. The original version was in French. But people don't mind that. Put it like this: I know I'm going back here when uh, Nana made that song "99 uh, Red Balloons," and um, I think it, I think it ended up hitting number one. The version that hit number one. If it hit number one, don't quote me on it. But the version that topped the charts was in German. When they re-released the song in English and put it back out there, it didn't even chart. The German version was the one that people wanted to hear. So I don't think that that's going to be an issue as far as having an all-Spanish verse. When I was, uh, when I was a kid, we bought a, there was a, a group called the Mean Machine. We're talking about Sugar Hill Records, Right? And they had a song called Disco Dream. It used a sample from uh, Pull Up to the Bumper from uh, Grace Jones. Mm -hmm. They did a whole verse in Spanish. And I remember my my brother, God rest his soul, he uh, taped that Spanish part of it and took it to school and let his Spanish teacher translate it for him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because there was no translation on it, you know. And, um... People don't mind that sort of thing so much. So I mean, Cardi B is only what, like, 24, 25. Yeah, yeah. So I would just talk. I would just chalk that statement up to inexperience. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't take anything bad by that. But no, people don't mind that so much. I, I kind of, and like I said, even even the shittiest rap done in French <laughs> would, would catch my interest, you know. So no, they, I mean, you figure no one cares because the song's number one. I know that you, I know. she said, said that was a concern when the song was coming out, but obviously it's not a concern because the song was a one on the hot rap charts.
3: Obviously. <laughs> and it was anyway, the third one from that album, but yeah. yeah. Shout out to Cardi.
2: Now, I will take, uh, before, before I let go, uh, pun intended, <laughs> Frankie Beverly and Maze. I'm, I'm <laughs> on this whole sample tip. Um, I took this blurb from Wikipedia when I was trying to find a little bit more about Cardi B. Right. So, Since signing with Atlantic Records in 2017, she has earned two number one singles on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 with Bodak Yellow and I Like It. The former made her the second female rapper to top the chart with a solo output, following Lauryn Hill in 98. The latter made her the first female rapper to attain multiple number one songs on the chart. Her debut studio album, Invasion of Privacy, on which both songs were included, reached number one on the Billboard Top 200, and Time Magazine named the rapper one of the 100 most influential people in the world on their annual 2018
3: list. So that makes... Okay, so let's put them in perspective. Mm-hmm. That means not Nicki, not Queen Latifah, not uh, Lady of Rage, not Lauren, Right Not all Like all of these Female entities That came before her None right. of them Right And, and, and the female thing I always feel like <laughs> I always feel like You know like When black people Hear something For the first time Right You're like Oh like I can't believe That the first black This is like Only the first time A black person Is recognized As a female That's what That's what I hear Every time I'm like I can't believe This is the first time But then it's like But this is America Yes I can believe it Remember one thing This is the country
2: right, Where ex-slaves Were allowed to vote before women Because slaves could vote Once they were emancipated They were just suppressed by the Ku Klux Klan When they started getting into office Women didn't earn the right to vote Until 1920 So you figure uh, They've only been voting for 98 years So this country is 240 years old And women have only been voting for 98 years (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yes I agree with you
2: I could definitely When you go back Oh yeah this is America Of course I can believe That stupid horse shit Because that's America People hate when I say it But you know And, and I will say this You know Not knocking uh, Not knocking Cardi B You know But I think When you have success like that Even even with Lauren Hill And even with you know There were a lot of other female artists Who paved the way so you figure uh salt and pepper or um M
3: mm-hmm.
2: C light, you know, stuff like that. You know, who just kind of uh paved the way. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I like I like um I heard an interview with Roxanne Shante and she was basically calling it a race, like like a relay race, and everybody has their leg, everybody has their time to shine, and, like, during your legs, some people's legs are longer than others, um, but, you know, you build on something, and you pass the baton, so Cardi has broken the records, she's broken the mainstream, she's also done it, like, in a trappy way, because, um, you know, females on trap music um, hasn't really been like a thing, um, but she broke the mold there, and she's she's crushed it, like, every time and then unapologetically herself, um, I could appreciate it. Actually, I, I could really appreciate Cardi. That's why I like her so much, but yeah, shout out to Cardi.
2: And like I said, I, I didn't mind the song so much. I haven't listened to a lot of other Cardi B songs. You know, a lot of people will probably go through how she started, like she was a, a stripper. But then again, wasn't Eve a stripper before she started doing rap?
3: She was, and now she's married to like pretty close to a billionaire, if she's not a billionaire.
1: Yeah.
2: So I mean, several,
3: several a multi-millionaire.
2: It, it's like 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 Rakim said. It's not where you're from, it's where you're at. <laughs> you know, it's not how you start the race, It's where you finish.
3: You know. Yep.
2: And I'm not That's one of those. What... People who, you know, I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, you were a stripper, like fuck that shit. Like I'm gonna act like I uh, like I was never in a strip club in my life, <laughs> enjoying the company of the ladies. So come on, you know. So what? Prostitution. I mean, I'm not saying this is because I'm a guy. Prostitution should be legal because, come on, it will just be safer that way. You know, they put all these rules and restrictions on it, but you know, it would. would, I mean, in countries where prostitution is legal, the AIDS rate is always way down. That's not a coincidence. So, but uh, I I I will say. one thing before we wrap up cuz i know i didn't put i didn't use a timer i know we're pretty much out of time
1: <laughs> yeah
2: cuz you know be when it comes to music and stuff like that i can go on all day you know but i was um i was watching a a uh, video and they were talking about uh there's a dude called uh, ugly god right and um he was doing an interview and he was talking about uh People like Lil Yachty and Lil Uzi Vert and, you know, how he feels like the term mumble rap is disrespectful to what they do, you know. And my thing is this, you know, you don't have to sound like Him or Cool G Rap to catch my attention because you talk about for almost 20 years plus, there have been rappers coming out with their own style and I'm either going to latch on to that style or I'm going to be like, ah, it's not my thing. But I think it wasn't until the mumble rap, I would say, well, no. I'm not going to start with mumble rap. I'll start with, like, like with Blue mentioned. Like, Cash Money and um, No Limit is when I started to hate rappers, certain rappers. Like, if you were Bone thugs and harmony that's not really my sort of thing. But I'm just like, well, these guys are talented. You know? It's like being like, well, I don't like... Celine Dion or Barbara Streisand But you could recognize, holy shit, they're talented They could really sing, it's just not my type of music It wasn't until Cash Money And all of them, where I started to hate rappers And it just kind of continued on Like, I didn't just be like, ah, Juvenile's not my type of rapper I just kind of, I mean, aside from that one song I just started to really hate Juvenile (laughs) And Lil Wayne And and all these cats, you know My friend, uh, when he was in the military He was stationed in, uh in Louisiana. So he really caught on to all that uh all that southern rap, you know. And uh it just wasn't really my thing. But it's because to me, it's like when you hear like Tribe Call Quest for the first time, or Pearl Rogers Teaches for the first time, you know, or De La Soul, especially De La Soul. That hit me out of nowhere. The first time I heard plug tuning, I was like, holy shit, you know? Something that's never really heard before. But the problem is, is it's twofold. It's number one, all these guys are start to sound the same. I can't tell future from designer from Migos. They all just sound the same to me, and they're all just selling records. And then it's the lack of respect for the old school. You don't have to kiss the ring, you understand? But just show a little respect for the people who paved the way for you. When I see, oh God, I, I should have wrote down his name, some jackass who thought that Tupac, uh, he said that Tupac is boring. Or Little Yachty and um saying that Big that Biggie was overrated. What? Lord, Lord Jamar from uh from Brand New was talking about Little Yachty's song uh one night.
3: And you know it has that
2: cadence na, 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 na. and Lord Jamar was like and Lord Jamar was like, you know what that sounded like to me? A B C D E F G,
1: <laughs> like, you know,
2: like these guys were amazed that it takes that some rappers take weeks and maybe even sometimes months to write raps, because they could just come out and say Versace, 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 and that's a record. That's a well, song. These
3: guys eventually became these guys. I think at some point transitioned into like the rock stardom part of. Rap, so it's definitely a lot of drug use, a lot of women, but it's not about, uh, it's not about rapping about being real or like where you came from. It's the after party. It transitions to the after party. <laughs> and, and my
1: thing
3: is this. Hey, I, I agree with you
2: 100%. And my thing is this. You don't have to. Everybody can't be public enemy. You understand? Know we gotta have some Just fun for out everybody. here, too we got to have some fun out here too. I remember when Grandmaster uh, Flash and them fought Sylvia Robinson hard because they were like, we don't want to do a song called The Message. We don't want to talk about rats and roaches and people pissing in the station. We want to rock the mic, man. We want the ladies to be say, ow, we want to have fun, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Even somebody like Soldier Boy, right, I think I hate Soldier Boy more than I really should. Because of how he was being pushed, and when they were pushing him, they were pushing him like he was going to be like the next Rock or something like that. And then I was like, maybe I'll give this guy a listen. And I heard that crank that Batman song, and I was just like, the fuck, this kid! It is for the kids. It's for the kids. And that's how they should have pushed it. I would have been like, okay, well that's just not for me, and I would just let it go. And I think I hated him more because of how they were pushing him.
1: Mm. You know
2: Like, he was some lyrical genius. And, you know, please, have that fun. Rap is supposed to be a lot of different things. You can have fun. Even Gangstar wrote a song about going to the mall, buying new gear. You know, Run the MC, my Adidas. You know? (laughs) You be illin'. Every song wasn't always about hard times. You know, have some fun. Sucker MCs was their first, I know, I think it's like that was their first single. But Sucker MCs was the first song I heard from Run the MC. You know, and I think it's just that lack of respect. And then they were just like, well, you know, the old heads never did anything for us. I'm like, yeah, well, no one ever did anything for them. You figure in, I'd say in the 90s, things were different because now you had, if you, uh, if you lived in New York, especially, you take the train Def Jam is in New York. All these other record labels are in New York. You just go straight to a record label, you know? Somebody was saying, they were talking about Cats from Down South. They had to do a lot of that stuff themselves because they don't have major labels. So they were more business savvy because they had to do a lot of that stuff themselves because they didn't have, other than Def Jam South, there weren't a whole lot of major labels set up in the South. Right. So that I had a lot of respect for. Like, Cat's Like Too Short, who was selling... Uh, Mixtapes to drug dealers <laughs> and having drug dealers bump their stuff. You know, it's not like the old heads had it easy, but their whole thing was, I'm trying to be the best. I'm talking about the Sugar Hill days. I'm trying to be the best rapper out there, and if I make some money off of this, that's a bonus. They just, they're just in it for the money. So that's why if they see somebody a style that's making money, I'll just do that and make money. Back in the '90s, you did that. You were a sellout. Hmm. If you change your style If you change your style to be experimental People will either like it or not like it But if you change your style to make money Yeah They will call you out on it So But that's enough of me running my mouth I'm, I'm pretty sure I can hear the timer going off in my head Because it's like what is it like 10 to 12
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, stuff,
2: good stuff. What, what, what are your closing words
3: Closing words uh, I would say save some brain cells and do what makes you happy. Yep. You burn brain cells by not doing things that make you happy. So you can take that however you like.
2: <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm going to be cheap, but I'm going to echo that sentiment. Because in this day and age with all this stuff going on, people, you know, problems, it just it just grinds you down. So especially on the weekends, you know, if you don't have to work a second or third job, somebody had a, uh, they were on Young Turks. Oh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was on on Young Turks. And real quick, she said, hey, listen, uh, she was talking about a politician who was going door-to-door in an impoverished area. And he asked a woman, hey, if if you had a $15 minimum wage, would you quit your second job? And she said, no, I'd quit my third job. (laughs) So if you have time to yourself, uh, you know, listen to Odie, do what makes you happy. You know. So alright. And that's it for another episode of three hundred and sixty degrees. You can catch us on wherever uh wherever popular podcasts are uh are on display, except for iHeartRadio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright, and um, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend.
3: Bye guys.